Hello and welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we'll be continuing with our little retrospective of Season 4. And this week, it's the turn of midnight. Uh, but first, a few items of news. And well, there's not a lot really, is there? Let's be perfectly honest. No, but yeah, we're in the filming section. It's just this why you're just waiting for episodes to start, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of um, sort of casting news that got released after we did last week's podcast, and that was Dame Dame Diana Rigg and her daughter Rachel Sterling have um, been cast together, uh, the play mother and daughter, um, in uh, the Mark Gatiss script uh, for next next season. Um, not. Entirely sure um, whether we can say too much. So we know it's set in Yorkshire. We know it's set in Victorian England. Yeah. That's it. Um, however, most of you probably already spotted this. There were quite a few um, spoiler-related photographs connected to this episode sort of float around the internet um, sort of during the week. And it does give the game away rather a lot, doesn't it? Well, it tells you who's in it anyway. Yes. Um, and also... Confirms a rumour. Yes. And that's all we're going to say. Because we do not do spoilers on this podcast. Um, I'm, I'm not going to link to it either on, on the website. Because I think you, you can find them. They're out there. You, 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 can, you don't really have to look very hard for them. You don't, actually. Um, but believe me, I've seen them and I wished I hadn't. You've said that about a lot of things on the internet, though. I you? do, actually, yes. Well, I'd think about it long and hard first, and then I sort of decide. No, I wish I hadn't seen that. Um, okay, well, let's let's move on from that because to say we're not going to sort of go into spoilers or anything like that. Um, now, a little bit of news about the ambassadors of death. Now, as most of you will know, this was um, delayed um, for on its for its release. Um, now, reason being, it's so they could give the restoration team more time to um, do a proper job or get the best results um, out of the restoration process. And it's been announced uh, that the whole story, all seven episodes, will now be released in colour. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. If they if they could do it, then <clears throat> obviously you'd rather they spent the time and actually did it properly the first time rather than rushing it out. Oh, then, definitely, definitely. And then having to do a, a revisitations at some point later on. That's it. So, but it said that they're expected to be released later this year. Um, I did read somewhere they were saying September, possibly, but I, I can't find where I read that now. But um, I did remember reading that. Now, the weird thing was, I didn't realise the, the original release um, of the Ambassadors of Death was meant to be um, like a box set, basically, right? And it was meant to be paired with the Sunmakers. Oh yeah, that's obvious, isn't it? Um, now, for, for, forgive me, I cannot see the connection there. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's just a... Uh, that's very strange. Very strange. I mean, it's, it's like the... Uh, I, I can't even think of a tenuous link. No, I don't, yeah, it's a bit... Yeah, don't know. But they have sort of done rather tenuous links for some of them, haven't they? Well, yeah, you only have to look at uh, the Android Invasion and... Uh, Invasion of the Dinosaurs, which was re- released as a unit box set. Yeah, and there's various more other different stories they could have released as unit than the Android Invasion, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, unit barely, you know, barely appeared in Android Invasion when they did. It was sort of, they were sort of like copies, weren't they? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very strange. Very strange. But what the connection between the Sunmakers and the Ambassadors of Death is, I've got absolutely no idea. I'm not quite sure why the fascination for releasing stuff as box sets has come from, really. Me neither, to be honest. I don't just release them as singles. I don't, you know, nobody cares. It has to be part of a box set, you know. I, I don't yeah, think it works I mean, any cheaper that way. You can understand stuff like the key to time might do. You can even understand sort of them releasing the Peladon stuff as mm. a box set. Yeah, and even slightly to, to things that the Silurians and uh, as a as a box set. Well. But, they, or you could say, yeah, they, they're connected by a common theme, but there's nothing, there's no common thread between the Sunmakers and the Ambassadors of Death that I can no. see. Maybe there's some someone out there who can put us right on this, but I, I cannot see one. But not anything that's that's an obvious connection that you'd think, oh yeah, I can see that. That's those. It's the same <clears throat> uh, aliens or whatever. Yeah, it's just yeah, hmm, very odd, hmm. bizarre, very bizarre. Okay, right, well. Um, this now leads us on to a, 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 well, a new section of this podcast, isn't it? Well, not exactly new. <laughs> a, a new name for, a new, a new, for an old section. For an old section. It's what we call, um, we're now going to be calling it, in an occasional, um, an occasional series called Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, okay. Now, the first um, item in Omega's Tack Corner, um, it's been announced that there is going to be a sonic screwdriver remote control right right yeah. okay right now, this is what is there's a company called the wand company they're working with um bbc worldwide and they're going to do um a universal remote control for for tvs dvd blu-ray players and he says it even ipod docks as well um that's going to be styled in the manner of the 11th doctor's sonic screwdriver yeah yeah okay so they're saying it's going to use gesture recognition technology and it'll be able to store up to 39 remote control codes. Well, how about that? Yeah, that, mm. that, that's just what I've wanted. Do you know what? I will probably go and buy one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I can understand who that market is. Really. <laughs> Gullible fools like me, really. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I, I... Does, it, does it come with a nice little jacket? So you can put it in the inside pocket. Nice little tweed jacket to pop it. Yeah, I... Why not, actually? Why not? So you don't lose it down the back of the sofa. Oh, that's, I, actually, I'd, I'd like to see what it looks like before I... Unless they, it's just some something that you just sort of... Well, a remote control technically is a sonic screwdriver at the moment, isn't it? It's not going to do anything different. It's just going to be in the shape of a sonic screwdriver. So, yeah. Um, but hey, if they can do a Wii remote like a sonic screwdriver, why not a TV remote as well? Yeah. And I, as I say, I'll, I'll, I'll get one. I'll get one. Right, and then the uh, the second item in Omega's Tack Corner. Um, now, you found this one, didn't you, Paul? I just saw it when I was... Oh, this is class. Really this thinking. is class, this one. Um, Royal Mint have uh, <laughs> released um, some, what they call, Doctor Who medals. Um, they're basically just like collectible things you sort of put in. It's a bit like the, the old um, World Cup medals, isn't it? The collector ones the Royal Mint did back yes. in 66. Um Yes, yeah, so what we've seen here, you've got an Amy Pond medal, um, a Dalek medal, a Tenth Doctor medal, and um, a K9 one, bowl accounts. I haven't seen the... Um, can't... And, and an Eleventh and Doctor as well. I, no, I can't find the Eleventh Doctor one on the website, actually. But Perhaps so, it's sold out. Maybe it has, maybe it has. Now, um, 
It looks like each medal is available for nine ninety nine each. Um, it comes on a little sort of card you mount it on, which has little facts about the Doctor, or if it's a Dalek one, facts about Daleks or K nine about Amy, etc., etc. Um, now at the moment, it's available to UK customers only. Ooh, aren't we lucky? Um, yes. Now apparently, it says now. Just got to find the um, yes. They're all um, made in gleaming. Brilliant, uncirculated medals. Now, what 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 does what does uncirculate? What's that? But looking at the medals, they are circular. So, what does that mean? Uncirculated? Is it um, sort, of, sort of not quite? So are we making up their own around their own physics here or something? Oh, or? oh I, that's, I suppose actually it means they're not in circulation. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could think of. Um, it, just, it just seems gleaming, brilliant, uncirculated medals. Hmm. As in, they're not real money. <laughs> you can't, you can't go and buy anything with them. I just, it's a really weird way to build them. It just, <laughs> their medals are not currency. Everyone knows they're not currency for God's sake. Um, I don't actually know how um, how big they are either. Um, imagine they sort of be. I don't know what's the size of those sort of five pound coins. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a funny thing. They're about the same size as that, and they're not in circulation either, are they? So um, no, no, so a similar sort of thing. And I really don't want to waste any more time on that, to be honest. <laughs> no, once they've got your money, once the people have got your money for your sonic screwdriver remote control, you have no more money to spend on those. Oh, exactly. Dear, oh dear, not nine ninety nine a shot, crikey! But uh, but there you go. I if actually it... thought that was dearer than that. I don't know where you. I think you might be getting them cheap there. <laughs> Well, that's what it says on the website. Nine ninety nine, yeah, nine ninety nine. So um, get over there quickly if that's if that's what you're after. Um, yes, so head on. So that's, but as I say, it's only available to UK customers only. So sorry to disappoint all our uh, other UK listeners. listeners. UK <laughs> listeners, yes. <laughs> okay, well that wraps up the news. I think I don't think there's anything anything more. No. No. Okay, so coming up then is our uh, little retrospective of Midnight. So for another week, that was the news. Right then, it's time to uh, continue with our Season 4 retrospective, I think. And this week, it is the turn of Midnight. Sky. Sky. Are you all right? Are you hurt? Are you hurt? You don't have to talk. You don't have to talk. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. My name's the doctor. My name's the doctor. Okay, can you stop? Okay, can you stop? I'd like you to stop. I'd like you to stop. Why is she doing that? Why is she doing that? She's gone mad. She's gone mad. Stop it. Stop it. I said stop I it. I said stop it. I don't think she can. I don't think she All can. All right, now stop it. This All isn't right, funny. No, stop it. This isn't funny. Shh, 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 shh. All of you. My name's Jethro. My name's Jethro. Jethro, leave it. Just shut Jethro, up. leave it. Just shut up. Okay then, Paul. What did you think after all this time? Um, I actually could remember this one quite well. Right. It's only four years ago. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably because it was such, there isn't a lot of different things happening in it. So could mm. it starts quite slowly and I'm not quite sure if I'm getting into it and then it just builds and builds and builds doesn't it? it yeah it does yeah 
yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a slow. Well, that's a good thing though. I think I, I, I still um, I did enjoy this one when I watched it when it when it was first on, and yeah. I've, and I've always enjoyed watching it since. I think it's a it is a it's a cracking episode. It does have a couple of drawbacks for me anyway, um, but I think it's um, it, it turns the whole thing about the the usually the, when the doctor gets in these situations he inspires people doesn't he yeah and in this one he doesn't he has the complete um the complete opposite effect he just created by him trying to be well basically being a show off yes um he he just basically gets everybody against him and I, another little thing I, I um I I noticed is by him I can't remember we're sort of skipping ahead a little bit here, but I, I, what I, I did like when the the um, the hostess brought down all the um, entertainment for the journey, and it was just like this wall of sounds in inside this little um, compartment, and he just sort of switched it all off, and he said, "Right, oh, well, I suppose we have to all talk now." And it, it, it was, I didn't realise until today when I watched it, it was from that point forward that what him doing that was nearly his downfall. By switching off the entertainment system, if he'd have just sort of tuned out and just let everyone just watch the cartoons and you know watch the the music videos and whatever, um, it probably wouldn't have happened. Um, no, I don't know. I hadn't thought of it like that because he just wanted to get people talking, and look what happened. It was talking that got him into that position. Yeah, I suppose so. And I completely, I, I completely forgot about it because I just thought it, it was a nice little. I suppose it was sort of signposting about what was what was going to come, and I just, I, did, I never realised it until until today. Maybe because I'm sort of I was watching it because I'm reviewing it now rather than just watching it to enjoy it. Yeah, which that come out wrong actually. <laughs> I still enjoy it, but you know what I mean. You know, what I mean? You, you sort of cast more of a critical eye over it rather than you know just sitting back and. With your feet on the table, watching an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, so I suppose so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that that bit was just that was probably I couldn't quite get into that so much. I suppose it was just to show that everyone was getting on with each other. Yeah, rather yeah. than being well, right, right, right until up in themselves. Yeah, yeah, right until the until end, anyway. literally whatever it is gets on board. Now, what I what I liked about this was the fact that you don't actually know what it is. You never find that out. Yeah. Um, you never and, s- and the fact, yeah, when she's sitting facing the other way, mm. and you you get the big build up as if when she turns round, something's going, she's going to have changed in some way. Yeah. Physically, and she hasn't. Yeah, it, it, it was so well. Yeah, it does, and it was all down to well, Leslie Sharp, really, because I thought yeah. that was a brilliant performance, um, and the same from David Tennant as well. Yeah, I thought they were both excellent in this, and I think his Doctor needed more of these sort of episodes. Yeah, we, yeah, there wasn't a lot of obviously there wasn't a lot of running about, and no, there was no, there was nothing because um, they couldn't. No, exactly. Um, it was a lovely, small, contained story. Um, there was no grandiose set pieces. There was no posturing from the Tenth Doctor. No big speeches. 
or anything like that. Um, it was, it was, and actually, this is what um, Russell T Davis had in mind for the end of time. Yeah. It was that kind of episode he, he originally had in mind, and I wish he stuck to it. Yeah, I really do because that that would have been a, a, a fitting, more of a fitting. And apparently, he would just sacrifice himself um, to save a like a family. It's like a family or an old man or, or something along those lines. But it was meant to be a very, very um, small story rather than the overblown mess that, that we got um, in the end. But um, anyway, we, we, we've discussed that one anyway. Uh, but yeah, and I just thought that this is he should have had more episodes like this. Because when he's not shouting, he's, he's a really, really good actor, David Tennant. I think he's, his doctor works better in that sort of situation. Yeah. Totally agree with that. I mean, and it just was just the the fact that it just was those passengers, a small set, handful of actors. Yeah. And just almost not so obviously not let them get on with it, but let them just act and play the roles. Yeah, it was almost and like not um... have anything, not have any special effects get in there. It's not about the well, monster. As no, such, that's as right. In, yeah. What it looks like, or well, what I was going to say was that you don't even get to see what Claude sees, mechanic Claude. No, it, when he sees something running across the um, across the, like the the diamond rocks and everything, you don't get. Not even the Doctor gets to see what it is. No, and I thought that was that was really really good actually because I thought it it made the change for us T Davis not to give it away. And it was just sort of, and I, I, I don't know if it was. Um, I can't remember whether it was meant to be done as a, um, as a cheaper episode, as such. But it was. I mean, it worked all. It worked better for it, to be honest. And just let the the, the actual um, the actors do that do the hard work rather than relying on sort of special effects, which is, which I think really we come to expect by the by that time in in um, the fourth doctor. Sort of the fourth doctors. The the uh, the tenth doctors run. Yeah, yeah, and it just did make it's one of those ones that's different, and because it's different, it makes an impact. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether if you had three or four similar sort of stories a season, whether they'd start to become a bit, oh, it's that type one again. Mm. But certainly, as a as a different episode, it certainly makes. Well, I think. You sort of hit the nail on the head when you say, "Oh, it's that kind of episode again." Because obviously, next week we get a Doctor Light episode, don't we? Yeah. Um, which had started since well, season two, really, hadn't it? And we we, we now expect a Doctor Light episode. Yeah, and we're still getting them, aren't we? Yeah, it's unusual to get a companion light episode, though. That is true. That is very true. Which this very much was. Yeah. Well, wasn't it so? Um, she could do do the Doctor Light one, yeah, yeah. So no, it, it, say it's it it did work. I, I I think it would have. I don't. It would have worked as as well if Donna had been with the Doctor. No, because I think the whole point about it was you ended up in a situation where everyone was against him. Yeah, or at least nobody was particularly sticking up for him. Which <clears> obviously <throat> had Donna been there. She well, it, would have done. Yes, right. Um, and being being the character that she was, would probably have shouted down most of the yeah probably the other members of the crew. Although her uh, going, her actually, I was watching Donna going up against uh, Lindsay Coulson's character Val would have been yeah. quite would have been quite interesting. 
Yeah. Because she was practically another Donna, wasn't she? She was sort of yeah. shouting at everybody, do as you're told sort of thing. Um, yeah, but that this is uh, this what I'm sort, of, I'm sort of alluding to earlier on was the Doctor having the complete opposite effect on those around him. He didn't inspire them. He just created a big... By him being sort of, I'm the clever one here. Yeah. He bought all the... like the, the Just by, bought out all the paranoia. And the face to, to everybody turning around and just taking what he says as fact. Yeah. And, and doing what he says, because it's the only way they're going to survive. Yeah. Um, and I just really... it was It was a breath of fresh air. That you know, um, but even the ones who did believe the Doctor was were fifty fifty. There was no sort of there wasn't sort of like they drew a line down the middle, and it's all like okay, everyone who doesn't believe the Doctor one side, those who do believe the Doctor the other side. It was well, well the not, ones that believed him were the quieter ones, wasn't it? It was the the, the more easily led ones. Yeah, I suppose you could say the noisier ones were the ones that were the panicking and. The panicking. It was basically the ones with the louder voices, wasn't it? Yeah. Who were sort of, you know, once I could say taking charge, but um, calling the shots is probably a better, yeah. For, you know, for, for, you know, you know, for uh, better or worse. But um, well, but, yeah, Val was doing that without actually do, wanting to do anything herself. Oh no, she was getting around to do the dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I did also um, also like was the. The, the doctor saying, "Do you?" Because I was saying, "Oh, we could chuck her out the airlock," and the doctor saying, "Oh, that, that's it. It's basically, what it's, well, that's what it's come to. It's come to murder. Could you bring yeah. yourself to do that?" And they all sort of think about it, and she just goes, "Well, the hostess, the first one to say it. Well, I could." Yeah, and then all, all the others join in as well. And it, it was quite an interesting, very, very interesting, very interesting because he, he brought out the worst in humanity there, rather yeah. than the best, which I thought was great. <laughs> And I think that's what I mean, Russ T. said, wasn't it? He'd done um, with uh, Voyage of the Damned. He'd done one where, in adversity, everyone started pulling together, mm. and he wanted to do one now where they're the opposite. Well, the, the, well, they, they pulled together, but in the opposite direction, didn't they? There, there was still well, that, there was still that sense of cohesion amongst them, but it was in the Doctor's favour. But it was a question of self self survival, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, they was doing. You'd have felt. If they'd have got rid of the Doctor, then they'd have started to turn on each other more and more until there was only one left. I, I think you're right. I think that's that's the way it would have gone. It really was. Um, but I'd say this brings me on to my, one of my my drawbacks of um, of the episode, and that is all of the characters. None of them have really got any. Oh, how can I put? It? None of them have got any redeeming features. They're all sort of pretty despicable. In their in their own way, and the one that grated on me the, the most was David Troughton's character, Professor Hobbs. Yeah. Now, the reason being is that um, even when presented with the facts in front of him, he still steadfastly refused to believe what was going on, and I just found that a little. It just annoyed me. Come the end. Um. I know that. Yeah. I know that's what his character was set up to do, but it was it was. Overdone, um, to a certain extent. I mean, there are littered histories littered with scientists that have have been so unbound, have, have come up with a theory, mm. and have defended it almost to their to their death, even when the evidence kept piling up against them. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, 
yeah, I think you could. There, it, it, it wasn't far fetched in the fact that you could have somebody like that, especially somebody who was now considering himself the expert on the the planet. Yeah, because yeah, he's only been on this trip for fourteen times. Um, yeah, but it, 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 it was just the fact that you know there was something knocking on the outside. It was copying people's. You know, when when um, the Biff character banged three times. Yeah. On the door, saying nothing to get through that cast, and then it knocked back three times. And even then, he still didn't believe it. He didn't believe that the uh, the driver's cab had been torn off. Yeah, you know, it, it was those sort of things. Okay, it, it's overdone now. If you see what I mean. Yeah. The evidence that everyone else saw it, but him. I'm sorry that that was that was just it was just little things like that that just ruined it a little bit for me. Um. Yeah. But I, I suppose he had to be. He had to be like that to that extent. I know, I'd say that I know he was—he's meant to be the, the, you know, the, the scientist, as you said, the scientist who's got his own—I um, can't say beliefs, but his own theories on things—and you know, it's going to take a lot for him to realise that he's wrong. But even in, even when the evidence is—it's basically smacking him in the face, he still didn't believe it. And I think even the most stubborn of scientists would have <laughs> would have backed off at that point. I think there's been occasions. <laughs> Back it up with facts now. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I know there's been there's been quite a few in in the there's been a couple I can think of. And I can't think of their names now. In the areas of paleontology, poly, I can't say it. paleontology. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Where they've <laughs> steadfastly stuck to how they think the animal looked, mm. even when other skeletons of it were being produced almost <laughs> intact that didn't look weren't assembled how he had and whatever. Well, I suppose he could turn out, well, well, that's a fake. They could quite easily... T- if, that, if that's how they wanted to you know, disprove someone else's theory, even though, as you say, there is more concrete yeah. evidence than his in front, he could just say, well, that's a fake. They'd just dismiss it. But, um, and he could be right. But in this, the evidence is in front of him. It's not like someone else has produced evidence for him. It's there. He's, he, he's, he is seeing it. He is watching it happen. And he still refuses to, to believe what's going on. Yeah, I think he did. I mean, cause at the start he was saying it was either something falling on the that that's cabin fine, or yeah. the metal was cooling um, down, cooling wasn't down. it? Yeah, that's fine. At that point, he he can say that. But when things start, you you know, Biff and the Doctor knocks on the side of the um, the side of the the, the cabin. And it knocks back. It it answers, and even then he still doesn't really believe. Yeah, but I think they've just wanted to paint him as a very stubborn man. Yeah, but it, it, to me, it was stubborn to the point of annoying. <laughs> it's just sort of like, oh, come on, man, come on. You know, it's there in front of you. But uh, yeah. So anyway, we're, we're never going to agree on that one. <laughs> never going to agree on that one. Um, but yeah, but it's just. Go back onto Leslie Sharp, I think, who because um, I know they made a big thing about this in Confidence. She had a lot of lines to learn, didn't she? Yes. Um, and the whole thing is syncing up with the Doctor, especially when they're reading back um, or quoting Pi. Yeah. What I thought was really well done, really. And that whole thing about that, the whole stealing their voice, and then it sort of then it overtakes you again. I thought that was such a really good plot device. Yeah. Which is proof I mean, you, you don't need a monster of the week, do you? 
No, I mean, that's just what I was going to say, actually. Some of the better episodes of Doctor Who have been where there hasn't actually been a, either a physical monster or a monster that is, as such, alien. Hmm. Well, I... you know, we've just come back, we've just come through a, um, a two-parter where you don't really see the alien. No. Or, you, or the, whatever the... Yeah, they just form shadows, don't they, really? Yeah. And that's it, yeah. And I think that's, that has worked better than some of the alien and monster ones. Yeah, it, it does. I think in, in this, the difference in this one is, okay, you have got, you know, um, the character of Sky has been possessed, as it were, by a monster you haven't seen. But the real monsters in this are the humans. Yeah. And I suppose you could say they, they are the monsters of the week in this particular episode. Yeah, because it doesn't actually. Cause you don't really know anything about what's the what has possessed Sky. What was out there? No, that's what right. has possessed her. Yeah, it, all, all you you know the doctor saying, well, it, it's a um, he's never come across anything like this before. It's a new species, so he's really interested. And and again, I think it's that it, it was him wanting to stop them from killing this new. Yeah, species that that again turned them all against him, and I think it, and, it, right, and, he's, you know, and he's obvious. And as they said, that he was enjoying it. Yeah, because to him, yeah, it was something new. And I think that that's the thing that um, well, he's been called out on that before, hasn't he? In Tooth and Claw, by Queen Victoria. Yeah, saying he was just in, you know, he was just in, enjoying this a little bit too much. You know, people were dying. Yeah. You know, um, and it's it's the same thing here. And I think that was the the, the thing about the tenth Doctor. He was so sort of um, is it? He was an excitable Doctor. Yes, I think it's probably the best way to describe it. It's something new. He, he he was. He was. He was just sort of glad to, you know, he was there in amongst it, and you know, wanted to find out what was going on, and he just enjoyed it. And well, of course, this episode it backfired. Yeah. And of course, what really backfired against him is what you know. Why? Who put you in charge? Why should we believe it? And he just said, "Because I'm clever." And I think that that was the real um, that that also showed the arrogance of the tenth Doctor as well. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah, that was the that was the thing. I mean, it, it did start off that he was just basically trying to save her. Yeah, that's how it started. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't actually even a, a purely scientific. Oh, <clears throat> this is something interesting. You almost get the fact at the start he's worried about well if they throw the alien out they throw Sky out as well and she might still be alive inside. Mm, that's right. There and that's what he starts off being at going at them about yeah. wanting to throw her out. Yeah, it's it's the whole it was the murder of her really wasn't it? Yeah, rather than rather than the actual thing. And then he becomes more and more. Then his argument slightly changes in the fact that no, I can work this out and. Mm. If you just leave it to me, and we all stay, we all do nothing and wait for rescue. Then I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out. I'll rescue the day. Then, yeah. Uh, and as you say, they turn around and say, well, "What makes you so special? Why are you?" Yeah, and that's when he comes up with these because I'm clever. Um, yeah, and that, and that, that was that. I suppose that was the real, the real turning point for for for, for him because he, yeah. he just overdone it. He just sort of. Yeah, he was just too, as I say, just too arrogant. Yeah, but yeah, it was. 
uh, it's, it's difficult to talk about this one because I'd liked it and there's not really a lot I can say about it because not a lot really happens. It's all down to acting. There's, there's, so there's no big set pieces or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing really you can say against... The thing that got me against it was probably about the fact that it just... Obviously, for the confines of the of a show, it all mm. sort of happens a bit too quickly that they become this lynch mob. Uh... Because in actual fact, yeah, yeah. other than... I mean, it has taken control of her to a certain extent. But at that stage, you still don't know whether it's aggressive, whether it's just doing it so it can try and communicate. Don't, at no, no point has it made a, you, an attempt to attack anybody. No, you don't really know what its motives are, do you? No, and you never do, really. No. Um, I mean, it slightly becomes <clears throat> a case of it, whatever its motives are, once it's been there for a while, you can understand its probably motives then become a bit self-preservation. Um, mm, yeah. And it realises that they don't like the Doctor through watching and listening to them. Well, I think it, it sort of realised that he was probably the biggest threat in the room because he, he could probably figure out what to do or stop it from doing what it wanted to do, even though he kept talking at it. Um but okay, that's a, just a plot contrivance, I know. All they had to do was just go shush and just start writing things down rather than talking, but um, I'll, I'll ignore that. Um, but yeah, it was... I forgot what my point was now. <laughs> oh, oh, never mind, but, carry on. I forgot what my point was, never mind. But, you know, so even that stuff, I mean, you still don't know, really know whether this thing was, for want of a better word, evil or not. Hmm. Yeah, you don't. You don't. And even at the point where they've thrown it out the at the end of it, when she does grab her and takes well, her to the airlock and whatever. Well, I suppose it, it makes a change not to know what it is, really, yeah. because you, you don't know. It's not the the fact that um, you don't know what it is. There's a whole you don't know anything about it. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know what its motives are. No, you know exactly. And I and, and I. I think that's quite a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Really, because you're you're in the same shoes as... Well, the Doctor, as I say, was wearing the same shoes as the Doctor, but he's in the same shoes as us this time. Yeah. It's something he doesn't know about. And it's nearly the death of him, to be honest. Yeah. But it's not necessarily that that is causing his his death. No, it's the humans if, on board. Because if, the, if the humans don't react, hadn't reacted as they did... Yeah. None of that would have happened. Well, I think that was the whole point of the story, though, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know, but to it, say... It was, it, was, whether... it, it was just a plot contrivance to get them to do that. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, but where you are with with this, the, thing, the, the best thing about this was the fact that you still don't know what the alien was. Oh, yeah, yeah. even what its motives were, or anything. Which is good. Yeah, I say, exactly. That's, it just, make, it's just the, makes a nice change. Um I, I, do you know what I find this episode really difficult to talk about yeah I know what you mean I mean it's one of those ones where it's actually well written and actually for a Russell T Davis script very understated it's a yeah it's a very tight script for him as well yeah actually because a lot of these scripts don't make we well, always got this sort of interesting uh, very rushed end and everything but you know he was supposed to have written it over a weekend right they jettisoned a, a different script to put this one in all right okay because he'd suddenly had this idea for mm. it. And you wonder, actually, without so much time to keep tinkering with it, 
whether that actually made it better. I I think you've probably hit the nail on the head. There. I think that what that is the thing that has made it better because he, he didn't have enough to, to keep going back and thinking. Oh, perhaps I could just add that, and I could add that, and I could add that. Yeah, that it didn't become that overblown. Well, I think that it's it. That's what it needed. And by its very nature, it couldn't be because it was so tightly set. Yeah, I say there was nothing overblown about it at all, which which was fantastic because this season, um, and we're so we're rapidly approaching the the ends now, aren't we, of, of this season? Um, it is a pretty overblown season, to be honest, and to, and to have something as small as this. I think this is why it probably sticks out more than all the other episodes, because yeah, it's, to a certain it's, extent. I, th- it, I think I think the end of this series is is what makes this series feel overblown. I'm not quite sure that it's been overly. Well, the Sontaran one was a little bit overblown. The, yeah. The um, uh, Fires of Pompeii. Good story, but again. The ending overblown. The whole Doctor, you know, the hero shot standing in the in the the light of the TARDIS. It's, yeah. th- it's those little things that make it overblown. And there was nothing like this at all. No, there was there was none of that. Um, that you know, the, the Doctor being a lonely god. Yeah. In in this story, what well, we have got he was very very continue. vulnerable actually in this one. Continuing in this though, which which was the thing of this, is somebody else sacrificing themselves to. Save him, yeah, haven't you? And again, you don't that's something you don't know anything about her either, do you? The hostess, no, I thought that was quite good. She sacrificed herself and nobody knew her name, yeah. And and I suppose that's that's what happens in life, really, doesn't it? Someone can just come along yeah. and save you, or, or you know, and you never find out who they are, you know. So, that, that, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a nice little. A nice little sort of um, thing to do, I think. You know, um, but actually saying that there was loads of other little um, bits. I, rem- I remember the the Rose um, cameo when, yeah. she, when she appears. I, I, I can remember that bit, but I forgot all the other mentions about the Lost Moon of Poosh and um, the Medusa Cascade, and I forgot about all the other little things. And it's all building up to. The final story, isn't it? And uh, you know, Rusty. That was the only thing Rusty Davis had to do. He had to yeah. keep the, his little plot arc going, and uh, probably this one didn't need it. No, I mean, to be honest, it was it was subtle enough for you didn't, I and mean, you wouldn't obviously have worked it out. It's with hindsight that you re- realise where the references are now, don't yeah. you? Well, apart it's from not... the apart from the Rose one, yeah, yeah, you, you knew something was weird going on since the. Um, since the first episode of this series, yes, um, and it's yeah, it was pretty obvious she was in some way coming back. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, I don't know. It's it, they just seemed a little bit. It, it, again, it was just very, very convenient that that, that character Dee Dee was was writing a paper about the lost moon of Poosh, and then slap, yeah. bang, it appears in the last episode. You know, it's it, yeah. You know. I mean, the, 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 yeah, it's, it's just how they how they go with these things, isn't it? It's yeah. The, so it was this was the was this the third one that was missing that they'd said about? Yeah, you had um you had Adipose three and Paravilia. Yeah. Yeah. So you that there's the uh, the third one. So yeah, it was you know, okay. Uh, he, he just liked to R T D liked to keep his little plot arcs pushed forward all the time, didn't he? 
So yeah, not that it's any different but, now, to be honest with you. But no, and and like I say, it's it's only now we find sight that you suddenly realise that all these things were connected. Yeah, and were being said for a reason. Yeah. Other than he was just explaining, she was at that stage. You just thought, oh, she's just explaining to him where how she came to be with the professor. Yeah, that's it. He'd read her paper on this. Yeah, moon. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, I, I do enjoy watching. I think it's a well acted, um, well produced episode. Um, I, th- I think that's the reason why I find it difficult to talk about. And so I can only sort of pick up on a couple of things that sort of I didn't quite like maybe on repeated viewing it is, is again that none of the characters have really got any redeeming qualities whatsoever um, they're all pretty as I said earlier they're all pretty despicable in their in their own and way and to be honest you actually don't know anything about them no you just know that they, they are they turn into pretty disgusting examples of humanity you know you know the only bit you know about them as back characters are a the stories that you're told when he's talking to them Mm. That she's just come out of a relationship. They're telling that story of you get the fate of the of him on that holiday or whatever previous yeah. holiday. Yeah. Obviously, that the the boy and the well, I assume it's not. You almost presume it's not his father. It's her oh. daughter, but he's her son. But, <laughs> Sorry, I'll start that again. Her son, but you sometimes get this thing that it's not his son. I know, I know the characters wearing nail veil on this pod, but come on, this is the twenty first no. century. <laughs> no, I was just saying it the wrong way round. Um, and basically, that he's a professor that studies planets. Mm. And, 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 and that story, but that's yeah, it. You don't know it. anything about. I, I say you don't know anything about the hostess, even her name. Mm. Do you know what I've I've just suddenly the you describing all those characters to me I've just had a sort of a, a bit of an epiphany mm. that none of, as you say none of the characters are particularly well rounded but they've all got their own little backstories haven't they that that gets a little mention but not in the usual usually you find out a lot more about characters especially in ah, this oh no no that, that that's the part I'm coming to they're all basically in an aircraft. It's like one of those airport movies, mm. like Airport seventy five. Yeah, each of the each passenger that's featured got their own little backstory. You never know enough about them, but you know, you know, one of them might be getting divorced, or um, one's like transporting like airplane takes the takes the Mickey out of so well. Yeah, it's that's that sort of thing. Each character's got its own little backstory, and it, and it just sort of plays some little contrived part. In, in, in events, and this is this is basically all it was. It was like it was like one of those airport films. All it needed was Charlton Heston p- piloting <laughs> piloting the uh, whatever the hell that thing was supposed to be. But uh, oh yeah, I mean, no, but it, yeah, it's, it, it, in that sense, it is a typical disaster film. It is, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it just suddenly as you were just describing those characters, it just, it just suddenly like a light bulb appeared above my head about what. Yeah, but, but normally, normally you do know quite a lot more about the characters. But I suppose obviously it's only a forty-five minute yeah episode, so yeah. and whatever. It's just that thing that everyone's got their own little bit of, you know, everyone's got their own little backstory, haven't they? And this is then this is all this was. You just got a little cursory nod to okay, you know, they're on a holiday, 
and this professes his 14th time and Sky is sort of gone on holiday on her own after splitting up from her partner and you know so it's all those sort of little little things and I, I, you know it was I don't know so it was it was just like one of those disaster movies yeah um, actually getting back to the sun I mean obviously now I realise who he is that was only his <laughs> second TV role wasn't it what was he in before then Colin Morgan um, had just been in a, I think he'd just done a, a Catherine Tate Christmas special was a, in a sketch, and that was it. That was his only acting role, pre- oh, right, TV okay. acting role previous. Oh right, well of course, of course everyone knows he's Merlin, yeah, in the new, but I, which I've never watched actually. No, I haven't to be honest. But you know, you just think, oh, obviously, when they'd cast him for this, he was just an unknown, just another unknown. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if he got young actor. The, I don't know if you've got the role of Merlin on the back of this. I've got. Well, it was pretty soon after this he was casting Merlin, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought. I just thought. Yeah, I just. I, now you just said I just quite like the little the little backstory thing because he's it, just riffing on the old um, the old yeah. airport movies, but uh, <laughs> which are pretty dire. And that's why that's why I can never watch one after watching Airplane. <laughs> it just nails the nails everything so perfectly in that film. Um, but it's interesting. You wonder how this was. This we've said about other episodes of Doctor Who being particularly kids orientated, mm. and this definitely wasn't, was it? There's no light in this at all. No, it was. Um, I hate using the word dark, but it was a pretty dark story. I, I think that that term's overused a little bit, but I think it, it probably fits with this. Yeah, I mean, you have four people. Killed basically, don't you? Yeah, and the others want to commit murder. Yeah, you know, to save themselves. And again, as you say, there's there's no monster of the week to, well, no apparent monster of the week. Put it that no. way to 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 keep some of the uh, more fidgety uh, kids sitting in their chairs. Now, this this one was definitely more adult orientated, and and I'm I'm glad that they do drop in the odd episode like this now and again. I think it's good. I think it's good for kids really to be. Um, you know, well, exactly. You don't have something you have to think about rather than. Yeah, you know, I think that I think that's the, the the problem with a lot of things aimed at children these days. Everything's got to be bright and loud and yeah, colourful and you know and you know we remember Doctor Who from we were, from we were kids and Doctor Who wasn't like that then. No, you know, and I can say, well, you know, attitudes have changed over the years. TV has changed, but. Um, Kids haven't. No. You know, kids still like to, you know, use their imagination and they still like, you know, kids still play, you know. Um, And it's good to make them think now and again. And then this one does. Yeah. Yeah, just to have have a dialogue-driven episode. Yeah. And it's it's also that thing where who... who, And it's also a bit of a big thing for for kids. Who who do you trust there? Because they're all the grown-ups. Yeah. They're they're not the monsters. They're the human grown-ups. You're supposed to trust them. Yeah. Um, as I say, and you see the the worst of people in this in this story, which is it's it's a it's a a breath of fresh air, I think. Yeah, it's totally. And I, yeah, I think that's probably about as far as we go. I think it? you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I haven't really. It's, I I found this one very very awkward to talk about. <laughs> very awkward. We do tend to actually the better ones we do have difficulties with, don't we? We do, we do. Um, and I've got a funny feeling we might be the same next week as well. <laughs> Oh, well, we shall see. We shall see. 
Yes, well, of course, uh, next week it's the turn of, uh, well, the turn of turn left. Left. Yes. Yeah, so um, another one I'm quite looking forward to watching again. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, honestly, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one since it went out, I think. Oh, right, okay. So you, you'll be seeing this with um, sort of fresher eyes than, than I then? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, then that, maybe next week's might be a bit more. Um, I don't know. We, we've we've um, debated a few things. We, we debated scientists, haven't we? Yes. This week we haven't we haven't agreed on everything. <laughs> no. Nah. Okay. Could have been a very dull podcast if we did. Um, right. So. I say we let people decide. Decide that for themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I might. I might, I might be eating those words later on. Yes. <laughs> okay then. Right. Let's let's wrap this up. So for another week then. Um, that's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. listen to the Who's He podcast, a proud member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at the show, please drop us an email at feedback at who's-he.co.uk and please also visit our website, which is at www.who's-he.co.uk and you can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast.